Welcome for another edition of Talk with Traders. Today, we've got a great episode. We've got Kyle from Famous Kyle's Hotkeys. Kyle's been with the room for a while now, and he's been extremely helpful to a lot of traders in setting up uh, hotkey scripts that a lot of people use to facilitate the trading. So we're going to talk with Kyle uh, about his trading journey, how the hotkeys came about, and um, frankly, where he's looking to go next. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be talking with Kyle of Kyle's Hotkeys. So Kyle, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, it's good to talk with you. Good to yeah. meet you. Yeah, and I appreciate you agreeing to do uh, well one of this episode of Talk with Traders. So look, I, I actually don't know a lot about your background. So why don't we start right there? Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into day trading? Oh, well, I'm Kyle. Uh, naturally, I, I originally was in IT, kind of like Thor and I believe you. Uh, yeah. I got I got tired of the the way IT runs, you know how how those companies kind of handle each other. Yeah. So uh, I went back to school, got my degree in uh, sports medicine. Okay. And and then uh, didn't really once I got out of that, I didn't really decide I didn't want to use it. So yeah. <laughs> I I kind of fell back to you know I did trading many years ago, like not day trading, just like stocks here or there. But so I was like, you know what, I'll I'll pick up a book, read some books. Uh, read Andrew's book, actually had it and picked it up and read it finished reading it right and then it's like you know what i think i'll join a chat room and i joined a few other ones and then i just didn't they didn't click those communities uh, i don't know they, they seemed a little bit uh different than what yeah. I, I would go after uh until i you know read the vancouver i think it was vancouver trading uh or whatever it was the oh. original name so you've been here book. for a while then uh, it wasn't. It wasn't when I joined, but that's the okay. book I had said that. So oh, the okay. book was old. Right, right. And I, I joined that, or I went found Bearable Traders, joined, and you know decided to kind of devote my effort to this because I, I basically work freelance now, so I have the free time. Plus, I'm on the West Coast, so I have the ability of doing this really early in the morning, right? And then going about, you know, a normal job hours if I need to. Right. So. So what's your um, so in entering day trading, are you looking to transition to that sort of as a full time career? Or are you really just looking to do a part time amongst? Because I mean, hey, you went back to school to get your degree. What's what's your plan? Um, I've actually been transitioning more and more to it being full time and okay. putting more effort into it. Uh, I you know I the consulting stuff I do you know keeps me busy for the most part, but that's right. you know the hours are infrequent. It could be a lot here not left there. So I, I like the fact that with trading, it's just me and I don't have to rely on someone else. I don't have to deal with someone else. Right. It's, you know, it's me in the market essentially, yeah. you know, and that's what I like. And then I can, it gives me time to do the other fun stuff. Yeah. That, like I can understand that. One of the things we talk about all the time is trading is yeah. A lot of people do it to make money, but you also can do it for the lifestyle that it can give you. Cause it gives you that Well, and you said it earlier, that sort of control, right? That freedom to sort of manage your own schedule and your own life. And you are the boss at the end of the day <laughs> with this. Yeah. yeah. And I don't have any annoying deadlines, which my stress load in the last year was when I had so many, you know, and I, you know, last time Andrew tried to get me to do that webinar, he right. said, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't get a hold of me for weeks or whatever. But my, at that time I was working so much with my, you know, consulting that I was just, my stress loads were so through the roof that once right. I got those projects tapered out, I was like, no more, you know, I just, I want to focus on one thing. Right. And, you know, I made that thing trading. So. So do you find trading then less stressful than, than the consulting work and the projects you're doing? 
Uh, yes, a lot less stressful. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow, because I mean, normally there's a lot of stress in trading and, and yeah. taking the trade and making it work. Yeah, that there are there's some stress. I don't really have a whole lot of psychological impact when I trade, uh, and that's because I I spent a lot of time in sim and I okay. treated it very realistic. Uh, but with the consulting stuff, I I do a lot of work with like startups. Okay. So naturally, if you know if you've ever worked with a startup, I'm sure you have. Yeah. It's it's a lot of uh, <laughs> one person doing like ten different jobs. Yeah. And you know it all relies on that one person. So the next thing you know, something happens here and it falls onto that person. Yeah. So when you you're doing startups, but you're a higher level consultant, it all basically comes up to you because right. you know a server goes down on a Friday night, and not only do you have to get the server up, but you have to figure out why it's going down, and then. It just builds on your workload over and you know, right on that. There you go. Well, look, look, getting back to Sim then and your trading journey, I'm curious. So, how long did you spend in Sim, and and what was your process to get through that before you went live? I treated Sim differently. Everybody in the chat said, you know, you know, it's been like a few months in Sim and then go live with small numbers. I treated Sim with small numbers. Okay. From the from the start, okay. I did. And that's one of the reasons why I developed the the dynamic hotkeys mm-hmm. is just because you know small numbers from the start everything was realistic. You know, I grew up playing hockey all the way through college, so okay. coaches always said you you know practice makes perfect, and you you play like you practice. So it was very I did very realistic for about a year, I'd say. Hmm. Uh, you know, small share size always. I don't. Like my lowest drawdown of the initial twenty five thousand, because I tracked it. You know, obviously, it resets every day. But right. uh, my lowest drawdown was like minus three thousand when I first started out, uh, and that was over a series of months. That was like six months. Right. And then as I started putting it all together, you know, I built that back. And then that way, it was what was interesting was when I transitioned about I think it was like you know six months ago or so to go live. Right. Uh, I was expecting a huge psychological thing because everybody says that. Yeah. But I think because of my my background was sports and you know, when I at university, I study a little bit of sports psychology and stuff because of that. I was, you know, expecting to freak out over it. I felt nothing. It was completely so ingrained from that year that it was like, wow, like just a, just a normal trading day. Right. And it's my, the slope of my progress has continued. You know, that's, well, that's awesome. Look, and you're one of the lucky ones then, because yeah, a lot of people it hits them really hard when you go live, because suddenly it's it's your real money that you're playing with. Um, if you didn't feel anything, then I would say, yeah, you did a really good job through Sim to prepare yourself for that and get ready for it. And it was just like, because the tools don't change, right? But it's just the suddenly you know you're playing with real dollars and cents. Um, so that's a credit too. And it's funny because you, you, you're mentioning sports. Like we, we, we use sports analogies all the time, but it's amazing how much sports can actually help prepare you for other aspects of your life, like trading, because it does have those elements of discipline, those elements of um, uh, preparation, right? All that stuff you have to do, like the time. And I, I, I mean, I, I use these analogies all the time. The time you spend on the field or actually trading is so little compared to the actual amount of practice and prep time you have to take, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, when I was playing hockey, I, I played goaltender all my life. So oh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. out of hockey, out of sports, I'd say, you know, quarterback is probably one of the more stressful and goaltender is probably the, the most stressful Yeah. because you're the only one on that team can single-handedly destroy a game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a plus, a, one of the 20 forwards can have a bad day, you know, but yeah. you, if you have a bad day before yeah. the coach pulls you out, yeah. You know, you just lost in that game. I've, I've got a, I've got a 
good buddy lives across the street that he's a he's a goaltender has been all his life and and i would agree with that watching him and his coach's son and other people yeah like especially in hockey like goaltending it's sort of like soccer and hockey that goaltender is key because you're right you have a bad day that has more material impact than any other single player on the on the field so um anyways well it's good we're on the ice i guess in the hockey game yeah um that's good so look so through the process of sim, you developed, it sounds like, some some methodologies that you used, uh, not only in terms of, um, uh, I guess, your strategies, but we all talk about Kyle's hotkeys. So it sounds like through the process of sim is when you built those hotkeys and sort of you used them to help facilitate your training. Like, tell me, how, how did that evolve for you? Um, I knew that when I first started, I knew that I had to calculate risk before entering a position. And yeah. I originally had a spreadsheet and then I actually wrote an app that would take the data from DAS and put it into a, a custom calculator okay. that would give me a value on the side. So it would calculate off the side and then I'd punch it in. But then you know, I started looking at browsing the forums and I found that uh, FJ, I think it was FJ Mock, who had the original uh, version of a script. And I was able to take that and sit down and kind of reverse engineer everything and figure out, oh, you know, I can I can do it by doing this. Because there's not right. a whole lot of variables you can change in DAS with hotkeys at the moment at, at that time. And that's how I kind of reversed into it. Because I knew from the beginning that I needed something that would try and calculate the risk on the flex. My, the first few months when I tr- was tracking my data, my biggest thing was, you know, some, some trades I'd, accident, I'd accidentally risk $70 per trade. Other trades I'd risk 30 just because my calculation was wrong right. in my head. Right. And that's, the I think, a hard thing for people because there's so much going on, so much data and so much information coming at you yeah. that – trying to do a calculation and by the time you do your position you get in so late that you now have you know what would have been a good trade before is now not a not a very good trade right you know it's not it's not a premium trade so by taking that all off off my brain essentially and having the computer do it hmm. it uh, it really helped and that's why i kept developing and i you know i've, I've sent some stuff to das that they said they're going to implement that will hopefully let me take that another step you know if once they eventually do it uh you know, they have, I think, a small team, so they, they do as many feature requests as they can. Right. Wow. Well, and it's funny because in, in saying that, you, you, I just realized, I guess, inadvertently, I brought you to start with your sports background in hockey, leading to the IT background, which allowed you to set the hockey. So it's sort of like you're bringing all the skills you've developed through your life into trading, right? And it's all it's all helping through the process. Yeah, for the most part, uh, you know, I've always had the philosophy of... Uh, not so much I want to do it myself, but to learn, constantly learn something new every day. Right. And so I ended up doing a lot of, of random things. Like I, I learned uh, how to change an air conditioning for my house when it went out two years ago. I, I did it all myself okay. uh, just by reading a book. And it still works. And because the quotes I was getting was like 10 grand. Right. And I, I swapped it for a grand. You know, it was, it was night and day. It was an, an afternoon's worth of work. Uh, so I've always had that philosophy of you learn, if, if it's an opportunity to learn, you take it. Right. So that's basically how I grew as IT. I went from, you know, text, from tech support to all the way to now programming and, you know, higher level stuff. Basically just by having an attitude of, if I don't know how it works, I want to learn how it works. And then 
I may take it apart to learn how it works. <laughs> well, and it seems like you've applied that to your trading, right? You you took it apart and figured out how it works. And I said, like, you know, we all in, in at BBT talk about Kyle's hotkeys and, and go to them religiously. And I mean, you've got, I, I don't know, you might know better than me. I don't know how many hundreds of people actively use those hotkeys and, and just the background um, that you've so generously provided through the forum. So thank you for that, by the way. But, and it's been great. So so when, once you got the hotkeys going and um, and obviously you're working through SIM, I'm curious, so do you have some favorite strategies? So like, what what do you trade? Uh, well, starting out, I tried all of them, like all the ones that were in the book, you know, the view apps, the ABCs, but ABCDs, but I, I don't know, I kind of gravitated for like the orbs, the okay. initial orbs, the orb five and the orb 15s and it, the ABCDs. Those are basically what I, what I do. Okay. Uh, I don't really have anything else. Like, because when you first start, you kind of have this knowledge where you just want to, you want to learn about everything. So you go through, you, you start searching. I think it was Robert H that mentioned this, uh, you know, back when he was in the chat. And you do like a knowledge search, and next thing you're learning about indicators and this indicator, that indicator, every indicator known to man. So I was, I tested, st you know, stochastic trading, uh, right. uh, MCAD trading. Uh, it was basically every different strategy. And I was like, you know what? I'll simplify this. Stick with, you know, what I, what, what's working for me, because I, you know, I track it all. Right. As data points, and I was able to say these work for me. I'm gonna buckle down and just progressively learn more and more about this. Now I'm starting to add more level two, like okay. kind of like Thor. Now I can't, I don't calculate in my head like Thor does, but right. I find that uh, I've been testing Bookmap, and that seems to be like a visual representation of what Thor is seeing. So it's a little more easier for me to see it, but right. uh, you know, because he seems to be able to see it on the fly and you know and do it in his head because he's you know, he studied it so much, Yeah. but yeah. I, ha I haven't progressed that because as you go through your learning, you, you basically, I, I always say it, say it off. You hand it off from your consciousness to your subconscious and the back of your brain starts processing everything automatically for you. Right. So, you know, I think it, that, that's kind of like how Andrew trades. Hmm. He sees the price action and it's all, all those calculations, all those little variable little data points are just flowing through his head and he doesn't even have to acknowledge it anymore. Yeah. You know, he just arrives at it, arrives at a, okay, I'm buying now or I'm selling. And that's why he's able to so successful. And it takes a lot of study to get to that, to get to that level. Yeah. And it's funny you say calculations. Cause uh, I was thinking about this the other day and in another conversation I was having that, and, and, and pardon me for going back to a sports analogy, but you know, it is like a professional player when they, let's call it a basketball player. When they take the shot, there are calculations happening for them to get the ball from their hand into the hoop like that's a very precise action and to be able to do it from any part in the floor there's different calculations how hard do i throw it at what arc do i throw it blah blah blah. all this stuff they don't have to think about it because they've done it so often they can do it with a high degree of accuracy if you ask them to explain how do you shoot a basketball they're not going to be able to explain the math behind it but there's that calculation if you will that's happening i i honestly believe intuitive traders like thor and like andrew do that to your point they've just done it so often that it, it clicks for them right their brain is able to process information and do the calculation as we're calling it to, to make the the trade successful in a way that most of us are just envious of i know i am because i look at them and say i just i I wish I could do that. It would make my life a lot easier. Instead, I need broader indicators and I need more, I need clearer signals than it seems like Andrew or Thor for that matter can, can work off of. Yeah, I agree with that basketball analogy because actually I've, I've thought of that before as well. It, you know, it's almost like as you, every time you shoot, even though you don't remember all your shots, your thousands of shots you've taken in your life, right. 
your brain is like building like a data set right. of every shot taken, the success rate, the arc angle, the, the, the power behind it, what muscle it used, more of. And you, know, you have like that hidden layer that your brain, once it starts putting together, it starts being able to crunch it, kind of like a, you know, a neural network in a way, uh, exactly like a neural network. There you uh, go. Yeah. And you know, then that gets you more successful. You start hitting more and more and more. Because yeah. if you actually think about it, like when, when you see like a, a pro football uh, quarterback throw, you know, and drop a ball, you know, 70 yards downfield, just on the money, yeah. you know, with a receiver in motion, you got to think of how, you know, you how much they're actually calculating to calculate to drop it right where they need to yeah. at a certain angle. Yeah. And it's, it's impressive. You know, it's usually the extension of that analogy that I use is that, so, you know, to use your football analogy, if we're going to go there is um, so then, you know, it's one thing to be able to do that in practice when you're just trying to hit the spot. It's different when you've got some people coming at you now who are eager to take you down to the turf, right? So, and that's to me what live trading usually is between, you know, the difference between live and sim is suddenly now you've got people coming at you like a live game scenario. Now, I'm really happy in your case, you said like you had obviously practiced it enough that didn't phase you. So you were able to go live and and do that sort of real time without that that added pressure, you know, throwing you off your game, so to speak. So that's good. Yep. So you, so you've put it together. So you're, you're in SIM for a while. You obviously built the hotkeys up. You focused on the strategies that, that worked for you. Uh, you mentioned really, they were strategies that mostly sound like they set up at the open. Do you primarily just trade the open? Yeah, I primarily okay. trade the first, uh, I start weaning off around seven thirty. You know, I might take one between seven thirty and eight, depending on what's there. Okay. Uh, and that's I, Pacific I kind of, time, right? We're talking yeah, about Pacific. Yeah. yeah okay. Pacific, not the pre-market. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Got it. So it's basically the first hour. I'll yeah. usually be finished. And I, I kind of want to start expanding that, you know, because I think you can get a little bit better moves if you're willing to put in the time. Of, right. It's just slower. You know, it, right. you almost got to switch to a, a five minute and you get that move. But if you divide that one minute move that you would have got by five, that's what it's going to take. Yeah. You know, so a 20 minute, one minute move is going to be, uh, you know, like a hundred minutes for, <laughs> for a foot for a, a later on in the day. But I want to start expanding out and, you know, start practicing with different, different uh, strategies that are more that are based on what I know, but I'm just kind of be able to get to see more, you know, to be yeah. able to do more. Cause right now I only take two, three trades a day. Okay. And yeah, you know, I see some people posting their stuff and they take, you know, 12, 14, 15, cause they're trading the entire day. Right. And it's like, man, I can't, I can't imagine filling out that journal right. you know, afterwards. Cause I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a data nerd. So I, I track everything from, you know, what side of the bed I woke up on to, you know, that, to basically what I drink in the morning, if it's coffee, if it's caffeinated, you know, the, I track so many data points that it allows me to get very granular, Wow! but you know, it, it does take a little more time to, to log yeah. you know, after, after the tricks, you kind of have to reflect and think. Yeah. Well, those days when I have the 14 trades, I know it does take me a while for the journal, but I'll admit after the fact, those are the ones I learn most from because, you know, if you get to a point where you're like, I can have a string of really good trades and then you're like, what was I thinking? Anyway, so the, the journaling is something that, uh, yeah, comes in handy. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that journaling is part of your process because I do think yeah. that is extremely important. And, and to what you were alluding to, Kyle, it's not just journaling the trade itself, but it's all the elements that surrounded in your life, right? Did I exercise today? You know, how am I feeling? Did I wake up with a headache? Did I stay up late the night before? All of that stuff has a direct impact on your performance as a trader. And it's good to hear that you sort of you, you take awareness of that anyways, and you can sort of use that as factor points when you're taking a look at what happened. 
Yeah, and and to go off that, you know, I, you know, last uh, about six months ago, before COVID and all that stuff, you know, I used to play hockey a lot, like four mm. or five. I still play uh, four or five nights a week. I've been skating, and we skate pretty late here in Vegas. Yeah, and there could be a nine o'clock or ten o'clock game, and it gets me home around like you know ten or eleven at night, and I'm within. This is Pacific time. Okay, and. You know, I can't sleep because you've been sprinting basically for the last hour, hour and yeah. a half. Uh, so I can't sleep. So I'll fall asleep around 2 a.m. And so I started tracking what I was doing the night before right? and the results. And I learned just by looking at the data that the majority of my losses when I had losing days were days that I was up late, hmm. that, I, that I skated the night before. So I actually started tapering back on how much I played. And suddenly my win rate started going up. Oh, you know, how many – so it was – there was a – you know, you can't really say for sure, but I, I kind of a correlation. A cor- correlation, yeah, yeah, between the two, just because of the lack of hours and not quality sleep. Right, right. Well, that's hey, look. I think that's a mature approach because you're right. Sometimes we think, oh, that's the night before and has no impact, when the reality is it it has a big one. So, so you take that, you trade mostly the open. Uh, you've been live. What did you say about six months now? Yeah, about six months. About six months, and yeah. you said the the results are still continuing to build. Yep. That's great. I have, uh, I think this month I, I'm a little bit below uh, break even on this one because it's been so, I, my the way I trade doesn't work very well in chop. Okay. Because uh, I used to start uh, basically taking, you know, scaling out around one to one risk. Okay. And I, I switched to two to one. That's when right. I start. Right. And it's, it, you know, completely changed my, how much, you know, how much I start putting in the bank essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in chop, you don't always get that two move, and right. I haven't quite got enough, you know, experience to be able to say, okay, this isn't going to go higher. So it, you know, it could it could hover around one to one, and it could just drop back to break even, and I take nothing on it. Right. And but overall, I, I basically if I chart how many days, I, that last month I think I had seventeen winning days and four losing days. Hmm. So it was, and there was a few months before that where it was the same. So it, it's all about I do basically build consistency, build, try to do, you know, every trade build a little bit. You're going to take your losses, then try and try and get your, your days to be consistent winners. So you have more winners. And this is my approach from the beginning, more winners than losers on days. And then try to make it so you have more weeks where you've won and you build your months. So right. now I'm, I'm on trying to get, you know, monthly. So out of the last, what, six months, I probably had like one down month. Not including this month. So if this month's down, then it'll be like be four and two. Okay. But they aren't like they aren't like massive losses. Right. You know, there's there's stuff I can make up in a, in a week if I have a good week. You know, I'll be I'll be in the positive. No, I mean that's a it's a good mature approach. Anyways, obviously, I'd rather see green months as much as possible. But uh, you know, if you've had one or two down ones, it sounds like you're you're building on it. So that's good. So what's your uh, what, what what's your plan from here? I mean, you, you you mentioned that hey, you'd like to make this sort of the the primary source of income. You're thinking that it's something that you know it's it's going to be a couple of year process. It'll like how long you think it's going to take for you to get to the point where you're going to make that next that next move. Um, you know, I would say that it's it's not going to be a couple of years. It's I'm going to start. I I actually increase my size. Okay. Uh, every whenever I have a certain amount of months in a row that I'm profitable or i've had you know increased profits so i increased th- my size slightly so this month you increased your size yeah i increased my size uh it was only, it was like five bucks per okay. trade or whatever uh increase my size and like and then i'll, I'll reflect and if I, I have a few good months and i'll re- increase again a little bit and i'm just going to build on top of it because really when it comes down to it 
as long as you're able to psychologically handle it, Mm. the size, the size doesn't matter. You know, it's, you're still doing the same actions. Correct. You know, if you were, if you were to basically program what you're seeing and take, you know, take the money out of the equation, it's really just numbers Mm -hmm. at that point. So that's, but see some, when you, we go really large, that's when you have that psychological point. So I'm gradually building up in, you know, to a larger size. I'm not right. at like, it'll probably be five years before I'm at Andrew's level of like 5,000 per, uh, per trade. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, my risk is, is pretty low. You know, I think it's like yeah. $40, $40 a trade or something like that. Uh, you know, and when you only take three trades a day, you know, you're not fluctuating too much. Right. You're making, you're making enough to cover your, your uh, trading bills, you know, your DAS subscriptions and all that stuff. Right. But it's good to get the experience. Yeah, well, that's good, and that's that. Look, I, I think that's a very uh, mature approach, and I'm glad to hear you say that because it's um, like you said. You know, we, we can watch Andrew and say, "Oh my God, you know, it'd be great to be able to and come in for half an hour and make you know four or five thousand dollars." But you know, that doesn't have to be the objective for everybody. I mean, Thor, you know, to use him again as an example, like he's he's like, "Hey, I've got my number, and you know, he's he's only looking to make you know three five hundred dollars a day, and he's like that. That's that's what I need to to live off of, and it, it alleviates a lot of pressure, right? Because even if you, even if you, you know, you can say you don't need the money, but if you've got a $2,000 target, you, you're going to push yourself to try and get there, which may have you take uh, unnatural actions within your trade. So to your point, at the end of the day, if you can treat it all like numbers and you trade technically and maturely, I, I think that's the, the best way to do it. That's why like, you know, today it's, I was talking to a trader in the room and I they asked me something about, hey, how many hours did that, that trade uh, earn you? Because I had a good long trade. I'm like, I don't know, because it was a little complicated. I took a lot of partials. I added back in. I don't usually look at my P&L at all during the day. So that's how I deal with it, right? I deal with it by not looking because I know if I look, I'll, I'll get influenced by the number, no matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's green or red or, you know, it's just I know the number is going to influence me. So I do my best. I don't even look at it. I don't want to know. I generally, in my back of my head, I know I've got an idea, but I'd rather not see it. So Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like that that was one of the first things I traded, changed in the first month was covering up the – I basically took away that column. Yeah. On the, cause I, I always have my positions window open, my op, my orders window open, yep. so I can see what's going on. Yeah. And but I, I take away the the realized and the the PNL because I didn't need it live. Right. And you know when you, I think when you're doing this correctly, every trade is its own thing. You know right. what happened before and what happens now doesn't. You know it's not like a you know, single deck blackjack where you can count <laughs> and you know and yeah. carry inf- carry information forward. Yeah. If you do it correctly and you're able to clear your psycho your, your psychological, you know the impact on it, you can basically take that and say, okay, I lost, but this is a completely new trade. Nothing is carried over from that last trade, yeah. and that's the hard part is getting into that point where you can you can say that. And it goes back to that you know being a goalie, you have to in hockey if you get scored on. You have to be able to say, you know what, they scored on me, but you know it does not come forward. Right. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the next save. Right. And that's a very hard, especially with younger goalies, because I work a lot with goaltenders. Okay. And younger goalies will have that problem where they get scored on, and psychologically they can't focus. Right. So next thing you know, the ne- next goal's in. The next goal's in. Yeah. Three, four, four, five goals go in because they're still thinking about that first goal. Right. And you have to train them to completely say that no, that was one goal, that was one shot. Every shot is unique. Yeah. You have to treat every shot with respect. And that's essentially the same thing that comes down to trading, I think. It's you treat every trade independently. And 
Yeah, no, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I, I, I've, I've extended that philosophy even to most people put the, um, you know, the little arrows on your chart that show your entries yep. and exits. I've actually taken those off my charts recently because I found, yeah, my previous decisions would affect my future decisions because I'd see, you know, I, I, I went short. Uh, $3 higher and I'm looking at going short again because the technical saying and I'm like, geez, should I go short again? Like I went short over here or, or whatever it is, right? The relative level was affecting me. So I thought, you know what, I'm just taking it right off. And that way I won't overtly have to think about it. To your point, it's like putting that goal behind me and or, you know, that trade behind me and just saying, you know what, this is a new, I'm based on the technicals I'm seeing before me without regard to what the, my last trade might have been. Because frankly, it's irrelevant to this trade. Yep. And and I, as someone who draws on their chart with like you know like a box and has the arrows and stuff, I can say that you know I definitely feel that where you look back and you say, well, I took it long here and now it's telling me it's short, but you know I was just I was saying it was long like five minutes ago, right? And it I forgot what trade it was this morning, or was it this morning? Maybe yesterday that you know I had that psychological where I was, I was second guessing myself because of what I saw on the chart okay you know I uh, you know it's is it really is it or just pulling back you know right. and you know it's not a bad idea to take those off the chart I wish they had a an option to have it just active when for your current trade you know <laughs> right. so you have just the arrows for your current trade and then once that trade is closed out those arrows go away uh, you know that'd be kind of that'd be kind that'd be kind of neat feature but um, yeah. the, 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 for what it's worth, the way I manage that is um, I, I tend to zoom in fairly tight on a one-minute chart. And I, the only place I put them is on my one-minute chart because I've got various charts on my setup for the screen because that way they, they, they roll off the screen. And then all the, others, all the other charts, I don't have them. So essentially, by the time I get to a next trade, they're not there. Um, you know, if I take two trades in really short order, I guess I will still see them. But for the most part, I'm not trading the same stock within a 30 minute period, but I'm trading all day. Like you, you you're yeah. only trading the hour at the open. So maybe that won't yeah. work for you. <laughs> I probably have, a, I probably have a similar setup on my one minute. I think I have it set to 30 minute, 30 minutes total view. So right. uh, I have a similar setup, but in the open, you know, you might have multiple trades. That's when I usually have that. But yeah. for the most part, if, if I have spaced out trades, yeah, you don't see them. I, yeah. mean, I, don't, I don't. Well, there you go. Well, look, so uh, a lot of traders out there, you know, one of the things we hear quite often, especially if you're a new trader, is um, how to, you know, balance your life, I guess, against, you know, to, to trying to get into trading. you got to do all the studying and and, uh, and and then figuring out how it all works. It sounds like you, you sort of figured that out early on. When you were, um, I guess it helps maybe that you're in a Pacific time zone, but, um, you know, you mentioned a point where you were just so busy with the consulting work that it was tough. How did you find during that period you were able to, you know, I guess manage, you know, so many things happening in your life? And what advice did you have for a new trader who's saying like, I, I just don't know how to fit it all in? I would say, you know, try and piecemeal it out and try to build tiny but healthy habits. Uh, one thing I was doing was to, because you know, once you go, do I do I would do the open and then I'd go do my consulting stuff and I'd be you know, after six, seven hours to come back, I'd be tired. I wouldn't want to study. I wouldn't want to watch a webinar or, you know, review something. Right. And the way I actually got around that was I'd, I'd set basically a small goal of I'd go to a specific location and plan to only be there for five minutes and review something. And it's a small little tidbit, you know, the little piece of that you have to do, but it's such a small ass that you can do it even when right. you're tired. And as I did that more and more, you know, I would spend 35, 40, 45 minutes there 
you know, reviewing stuff, sometimes an hour and a half, you know, it, and then I'd come back home. Mm. And that's basically how I've taken the approach of, uh, it's the same thing with like a working out, you know, mm. everybody thinks, Oh, I gotta, I want to go to the gym. I want to go to the gym. And then they start thinking the negative part of, well, I'll be there an hour. I'll be there 90 minutes. Oh, I have to do 20 sets. I tell people walk, plan to drive to the gym, walk through the door and do one set. That's all you go. That's all you need. That's all. That's all you should do. Right. Because what what happens is when they get there, they get right. through the door, and their mind switches. Yeah. And next thing you know, they're twenty sets in, and they're only planning on doing one. Right. And you'd be surprised at how many people are. Next thing you know, they're there five days a week because you you start craving when you build that habit. You start craving of wanting to drive there. Hmm. And you know, there was times when I that I would drive to the gym and realize, oh, you know, it's like subconsciously I drove there. And I was like, oh, I guess it's my gym. It's my normal gym time. You know, I do this at every every day at this hour. So my body basically took me there. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I might as well, you know. I, might as well work out. I'm here now. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, create measurable goals. So, you know, if, if you're studying, try to create a, a easy, easily attainable goal of 30, 30 minutes, you know, a, a week, five minutes a day, you know, small bite size. And it'll add up. Like I, when I first you know, just try to get back in shape about four years ago, I set a goal of, you know, I wanted to have a hundred active days out of the year, hundred days where I did something active, I go to the gym, played hockey. And now I'm up to, I think last year I had 250 active days. Hmm. So uh, like 115 days, I didn't, I wasn't active where I just kind of relaxed and, but it was all built on top of that goal. Then, you know, it may have started with a hundred active days in a year, but then the next year was 120. It was hmm. small, small increase small increase. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm just blowing it away. It's the same thing with learning anything, right. you know, you just five minutes a night. It's like, that's the same principle that apps use. You know, mm. if, I don't know if you try to learn a second language, but they're yeah. all based around the same principle of, Oh, just five minutes a day. You'll learn a new language within a year or whatever. It, it's, it's all just to get you to get you in, you know, right. once you start doing it, once you do your five minutes and be, you build that, that habit, you know, it, it'll, it'll build from there. Yeah. But Problem with I, I when I talk to people is that they set their goals too far away, too soon. So you're trying if you say I'm going to study an hour a night, you know every night, you're going to find excuses not right. to do it. You're going to say, well, I don't have an hour free. You know, I've been up late, and you're going to set it aside. And that's you know I've always been interested in the psychology of things of how we, how as humans we work. Because hmm. having the IT background and then doing the sports medicine. You know, we, when you break it down, we're essentially a computer. You know, we're, we have mechanical parts and we have, you know, programming parts. You know, we have the CPU and we have the RAM, essentially. Hmm. So that's kind of how I view things. Is how is this person learning this? How are they programming themselves to learn this? And it's kind of a different, you know, approach than what a lot of people think about learning. But you know, it's kind of a nerdy approach, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it probably is, but I, it resonates with me, so I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Look, and Kyle, I think that's great advice: breaking it down to those small parts and and you know not overburdening yourself with the expectations is is a great suggestion. So, well, look, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. Uh, any last thoughts you wanted to share with everybody out there? Um, no, I I just like to share that if you know, if you're starting out, just take it small, treat it as real as possible that you can. Once you get your what you're gonna do factored out, you know, cause a lot of times you're, you're fumbling around, treat it as real as possible. Take bite-sized bits as you grow and don't be, 
discouraged from having down down months, you know, or down days or down trades. Uh, I've always believed in the philosophy that, as you said earlier, you learn more from mistakes. Mm. Uh, mistakes are a great, mistake. Mistakes are great to make when you have a. a a moment to learn from them. That's right. what. That's how I've always treated something. So it's okay to make a mistake as long as you learn something. Right. And you know, as long as you do that, you'll keep progressing. And you know, you may not get to Andrew's level at, within five years. You know, I may not get to Andrew's level within ten years. But as long as you keep striving to get better, you're always going to improve. So as long as you're above baseline, then. You know, you're ahead of the curve. And you're doing good. Well, that's I think that's great advice. Thank you. And yep. look, thanks, Kyle, for all that you've done for our community and for the room. I mean, you very generously not only provided the original scripts, but answered untold hundreds of questions from members who want to know how they work and how to improve upon them and uh, and how to use them for their own trading. So thank you for that. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for doing this podcast with us. And uh, we'll see you in the room sometime soon. Yep. Most likely tomorrow morning. There uh, you I go. appreciate Thank you for having me.